Hi, I love horror, do you? Welcome to Love Horror Podcast's first episode. I'm going to be looking in this episode at the psychology that takes place within the horror genre, such as why do we watch horror movies? Next time I'm planning on taking a look back at the first two Friday the 13th films. If you have any suggestions for that episode or just this podcast in general, then you can email me at lovehorrorpodcast at yahoo.co.uk. That's lovehorrorpodcast, all one word, without the question mark. At, at yahoo.co.uk. The genre of horror has always been very popular. We mostly think of horror in regards to feature films. However, the horror genre is no new fad, with horror novels such as Dracula and Frankenstein being very successful even in the 1800s. The first horror movie was The Haunted Castle in 1896, and the first video game was The Haunted House in 1972. The latest horror movie to really catch people's imaginations and become a really large financial success would probably be The Conjuring in 2013. It cost about $20 million to make and made around $318 million. It also received mostly positive reviews from both the film critics and audiences. It has also had a spin-off called Annabelle in 2014. First off, let's take a look at The Brain. A good starting point, I feel, when looking at this topic would be to examine the core of the human being, the central part of what makes us tick, the brain. When we watch a horror movie, we're not mentally affected in quite the same way as we might think. When we see something that we are scared of, like a spider or amygdala, is triggered, which is the area of the brain that deals with fear learning. But when we watch a horror film, it is, in fact, some of the other parts of the brain that are being fired, so we are not technically being scared. The Oxford Dictionaries defines horror as an intense feeling of fear, shock, or disgust. The areas of brain that are triggered when we watch a horror movie are as follows. 1. The visual cortex, which processes imagery. 2. The insular, the self-awareness. 3. The dorsal middler prefrontal cortex, which deals with attention, planning and problem solving. And 4. The thalamus, a relay switch that connects the other parts of the brain. The attraction. So what is the great attraction that many of us have with the horror genre? The psychoanalyst Sigmund Freud pointed out in his 1919 essay, The Uncanny, that people tend to like things that are horrific, such as scary stories, because they are foreign, yet still familiar. Therefore, people are attracted, yet at the same time, they are repulsed by what they are seeing or reading. Another theory comes from the psychoanalyst Carl Jung, who theorised that we all have what he called archetypes that come from our collective unconsciousness. The collective unconsciousness, he said, is a part of the mind that he believed held in it the inherent, inherited knowledge of the human species. These archetypes are templates of how we are to deal with thing, different things, and they are unlearned. The main archetypes of the many is the shadow, and it is how we handle our bad behaviours and repressed desires, and could perhaps be thought of as 
are Mr. Hyde. If we were to look for another archetype, and one which has worked very well in the horror genre, we can find the mother. It is the archetype that worked so well in the film Psycho and the book previously. This movie and its remake plays upon our instinct that the mother figure is protective and nurturing and it turns that idea around. So she becomes the killer lurking in the shadows. While looking at these various series, we can actually go back to at least ancient Greece and the philosopher Aristotle. He came up with the idea of catharsis, a metaphor he used to describe the effect on a viewer of a tragic play. So you could look upon a tragic play in this case as being ancient Greece's horror movie. He said that by watching such a play, we purged our minds of fear, aggression and other such negative emotions. The old tragic plays of ancient Greece may be far flung from the modern horror movies and video games, but a parallel can still be made between the two, I believe. Habituation. A more recent psychologist, Marvin Zuckerman, explains, well, there's a thing that happens with sensation-seeking. Habituation. Habituation is a basic law of learning the lowest organisms when you expose them to something repeatedly over and over they respond less to it they are less less aroused by it even though initially it was arousing when they get used to it uh, it becomes nothing in particular nothing particular happens to their minds they get less aroused now in the violence around sex this occurs too Habituation. So what was initially very arousing, let's say, in sex, you know, the honeymoon, uh, with time with time becomes still pleasurable but less arousing, and that's why the high sensation seekers have to look for new sources of arousal. Now this occurs in films too. You start out with simple horror films and the high sensation seekers say, yeah, that's fine, but they get bored by it and so when they are allowed to with le- recently legally society has started to loosen the laws around the depiction of violence and sex in the media they keep pushing it to the extreme because that as high sensation seekers they become habituated they become bored with it and they need something more they go to something that's more exciting more intense a safe thrill In connection to habituation, we have the belief that many people watch horror movies or play horror games as a way of escaping their boring, normal, mundane lives and having something dangerous, a type of dangerous adventure, but at the same time being safe. They can also face the unknown, while at the same time, as I said previously, they are remaining safe and they know nothing's actually going to happen to them. The three prime factors... There are three prime factors to the allure of this genre. Firstly, we have tension, which includes suspense, shock and mystery. Secondly, there is relevance. The most successful horror films in recent history have used relevance, such as cultural relevance. An example of this would be the American sphere of communism in the 1950s and 60s, leading to the birth, uh, some believe, of Night of the Living Dead in 1968 by George A. Romero. Lastly, and perhaps a little oddly, we have unrealism. As a successful horror movie also tries to keep an air of unrealism to it at the same time. There was a study conducted in 1993 
and I'll put some references in the description, that was carried out on a group of students who were shown a gory documentary and most were unable to finish watching it. However, the same students often watched far worse things in horror movies. The punishment of the wrongdoers. A popular aspect of the storyline of films in this genre is the notion that the, those being killed are in some way wrongdoers. They've done something wrong to perhaps even deserve being killed by, say, the serial killer, which is Jason in Friday the 13th or Michael Myers in Halloween films. The victims would tend to be doing something recently that is or at some point in history have been considered unacceptable such as having premarital sex or taking drugs and one of the popular films that's quite well known for doing that even if it sort of ended up happening in the movies originally purely by coincidence is the Friday the 13th franchise pacing one aspect that the good horror movie or video game uses to play on our psychology is pacing Pacing elements out correctly can make the difference between getting a successful scare or not. So, for instance, if the timing of events are not right, such as a killer or ghost jumps out too often, the effect will be less potent. Anticipation. Anticipation is somewhat tied into pacing. Anticipation is a way to build up the viewer or player's tension until the big climax, where it can begin all over again. If the build-up is for nothing, the viewer-player may quickly become bored, although if this is done sparingly, then it could also lull the player-viewer into a false sense of security and in fact scare them even more the next time around when it does happen. Therefore, pacing is key to anticipation. There is quite a popular theory in regards to horror films known as the snuggle theory. There is a theory that people watch horror movies to be close to other people, kind of a social bonding. The findings of a PhD student, Mike Batista, seems to agree with this, finding that both males and females tend to exaggerate their emotions while they watch a horror movie, although in different ways. Males often act braver, so women will grab hold of them, whilst females tend to act more scared thus bringing them together and and it is why horror movies are now considered a great choice for a first date so in conclusion to the, this part of the podcast about psychology of the horror genre as we have learnt the horror genre especially in films have always been and continues to be very popular and profitable the successful horror taps into our psychology with things that are foreign yet familiar and relevant and uses correct timing to build up our anticipation until that climactic scare. It pulls on our sense of right and wrong, brings us together, gives us a safe thrill and understands just what makes us tick. Once we have a good grasp of the psychology behind fear and horror, we can then, as either game designers, as authors or as filmmakers, we can then, once we learn these things, once we learn the key to the psychology of the horror genre, genre, we can then take these things and apply them to our products, whether such as movies, to make an even better horror experience for all. Thanks for tuning in to this very first episode of Love Horror Podcast. Remember, next time I will be taking a look back at the first two Friday 13th films 
And if you have any suggestions for that, like what sort of aspects do you want me to cover uh, or have any uh, criticisms or suggestions, any sort of feedback in general for this podcast, please don't hesitate to email lovehorrorpodcast at yahoo.co.uk. And remember, there is no question mark after the horror in that web address. It's all one word, lovehorrorpodcast at yahoo.co.uk. So thanks for tuning in and listening to this very first episode of this podcast. Please tune in again next time. Thanks.